Hello and welcome to another episode of Wise Council Weekly, powered by Athenian Consulting Group. I am your host, Tanyan Farley, and I have my co-host with me here, Alex Francis. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, man. How about you? I am doing well. I realized that last week in our first episode, we didn't take the proper time to introduce ourselves, our background, and our pedigree. So I thought we'd take a minute this morning to kind of talk through that, where we're from, and what we specialize in. So Alex, if you'd like to go first. Yeah, not a problem. Like Tanya said, my name is Alex Francis. I'm from the Houston, Texas area, um, and I graduated from Rice University, where I met Tanya and a few of our other members of the firm. Um, I've been with Athenian Consulting Group for about a year now. Um, I'm a consulting analyst for the firm. Um, I have a background in corporate retail, sales and marketing, and supply chain. How about you, Tanya? I also, as Alex mentioned, am a graduate of Rice University and played football there with Alex. Uh, I spent the first few years at Athenian Consulting uh, as an analyst working on a variety of projects across a variety of practices and a variety of sectors. One of the perks of a small firm is you get to experience quite a bit when it comes to projects and, and different activities. Uh, I've spent the last several years specializing in project and change management and now serve as the director of project and change management for Athenian Consulting, really specializing in government practice and in oil and gas. And we're really excited to bring our combined experience and combined pedigree together to hopefully provide good insight to you as business owners, but also to have genuine conversations with our guests that will facilitate good feedback from them. Yeah, that's definitely a great fact that you brought up about working with a small firm. Um, so with being a small firm and so many of us running around doing different projects, we had a lot of wealth of um, experience from a lot of different things. On the agenda for today, we'll discuss leadership. Leaders in the world today, what they're doing during the crisis, and what's being received as positive. We'll go into quick hits, thoughts from our managing partner, Bobby Dixon, and then we'll go into the big three. This week, we're focusing on what we're doing to focus during quarantine to grow ourselves and our businesses. Now, let's jump into the main content. So for game time today, as Alex mentioned, we're going to be covering some leadership and some leaders that we've seen during this time of crisis that we think is not only positive, but would be beneficial to you and your leadership style for your business. So we're each going to go through two leaders and two scenarios that we've seen that have been positive for the community, for the company, for the people involved, and how we think we can take away some of the positive nature of that and put it into our own scenarios and into your business. So I'm going to go first. Uh, my first example is uh, the CEO of Cisco, Chuck Robbins, who made multiple statements, but uh, most importantly, he said that he's not going to be cutting any of his staff early on. Right? He, he stood out right out of the gate and declared safety for his people, which got their buy-in, got teams to work hard. And for those of you that don't fully understand what Cisco does, Cisco is a network company that really focuses on hardware and and network support. So his business has been extremely busy. And I think assuring his team early on of their safety and their need uh, in the workplace was a very good action. And I think really got his team to buy in. I think he also spurred numerous other CEOs to look at their companies and their operating numbers to make decisions to keep key people. One of the things we talk, he talked about is 
you know, we're actively involved in the community trying to help people who've been impacted by this. So why do we want to contribute to the problem? I think that's a very interesting statement. I think his way of looking at helping not only his people, but the community at large is something that each leader could take away from this. So Alex, who's your first example? My first example is going to be Mark Cuban. Um, everybody knows Mark, CEO, Shark, uh, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. And he's definitely been vocal during this whole crisis um, with blasting uh, the Democratic and Republican leadership of not getting a stimulus bill passed. Um, he's been very outspoken and about helping small businesses and wants a stimulus package that was, uh, even if it's less than perfect, just wanted something out to get the companies uh, the help that they needed. Um, him, along with his organization and the American Airlines Center, uh, all made arrangements to ensure that their staff uh, still made the payments that they will uh, were be scheduled to receive throughout the end of the season. Um, he wanted to have something that these workers weren't worried about and wanted to have something that they could focus on just their health and not have to worry about how they're going to pay their rent for the next month. And that's what's showing great leadership um, in the world today. Um, he also talks about how this coronavirus has helped us take a whole new look at how we reevaluate and how we treat workers, um, how they're paid um, to the roles um, that they have in the company so where they'll be able to see maybe some equity as a part of their conversation. Um, that way it'll help them not live paycheck to paycheck and everyone appreciates uh, how uh, when they're seen as appreciated. Um, that is amazing uh, examples of leadership today. Like you just discussed, Tanya, focusing on community, focusing on other people more than just their pockets um, and showing how this coronavirus is, is a great equalizer. Um, anyone can get it. Anyone can be affected. It doesn't matter what your role is or, or uh, if you're the CEO or the janitor. Um, each role is equally just as important. Um, people don't look at each other equally, usually. Um, and now people are getting the respect they deserve um, for all positions. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway as well. Mark Cuban was on my list as one of the people to look at just based on his outspoken nature and the fact that he really did focus on his people during this and looked at the sustainable change that comes from that. So my next uh, example of leadership is Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League. I think that Commissioner Goodell has shown a couple things during this crisis. Number one, he volunteered to take a $0 salary early on, and it wasn't made public until nearly a month and a half later. I think that selfless act was really key, especially at the dollar values he makes. The other thing that Roger Goodell focused on really early on was raising money for the community and for supporting those around them. So the NFL has donated over $100 million now to COVID relief uh, based on his direction and his guidance. I think that one of the things that is key for a leader during this time is showing vulnerability, showing humility, and really showing up for his people and for the community. One of the things that I think really exemplified that is there's a tradition at the NFL draft when he's there in person that the fans boo him continuously throughout the draft. And it's part of the, the mystique of the draft. And so obviously with the NFL draft being remote and online this year, there wasn't going to be that opportunity. So Roger Goodell partnered with Bud Light to come up with a donation campaign that every time on social media, a hashtag was used for booing the commissioner money was donated to COVID relief. 
And so he leaned into that and supported that during a time when, you know, it could have easily been his way to escape that and have a different image. But I think he displayed a very uh, human approach to it that many people don't see from leaders. And so I think that was a really good example of not only leading his organization, but engaging with the community and finding a way to give back. That's awesome. Um, very, very selfless act there by not letting the public know exactly what he's doing for his release. And that's a great, uh, great quality to have in a leader. Um, I love seeing that the leaders that we're discussing today are, are worried about helping society and helping others and not just helping their own pockets. Um, and it's funny that you brought up the NFL. It kind of leads into a small segue. Um, you think about James Winston and his little situation in college with Publix, because right now I'm going to talk about the public CEO, Todd Jones. Uh, Todd Jones and, and Publix are buying milk and produce from the farmers that are forced that are forced to dump um, all of their produce and milk um, that they're not selling at the moment. Um, so Publix is buying that and donating it to food banks um, with over 26.5 million Americans having to file for unemployment. Um, there's a lot of people in the communities right now that need help. Um, and this is him impacting that in a big, big way, is able to uh, bridge the gap between the needs and of the families as well as the farmers that are impacted. Um, so they're able to help out the Florida produce farmers, um, southeastern dairies and families just in their own communities. Um, and it creates just great publicity. Um, customers want to shop somewhere that looks out for their community, um, and as well as employees want to um, work for somebody to be able to help the less fortunate as well as help them out as employees and know that they're with a company that stands for helping all people. I think that's a great example as well, tying into the community and tying into how they're giving back once again. I think that's been the theme across all the leaders we've looked at during crisis is first and foremost, focusing on their people, focusing on their business, and then focusing on how to get back in the community. I think those are three really important keys. So to kind of step a level further down here, Alex and I thought it would be good to also talk about how crisis and leadership has impacted projects and clients that we're, we are working with. So I'll go ahead and go first. And what I've seen in some of my projects and clients right now is the need for steady leadership, even keel leadership during this time. There are lots of ups and downs. There are lots of difficulties that are coming forth, both at the business project and personal level, right? I think that the leadership that we've seen on our projects, both from ourselves and from project sponsors, key stakeholders, business leaders, has been the ability to focus on business goals but understand the vulnerabilities and the needs of their people. So I've seen a very interesting shift into looking at people's needs and capabilities first, rather than finishing projects, finishing items by any means necessary. So I think the sensitivity to people's struggles right now has been a great thing that many leaders may not have focused on in the past, but are focusing on now. And I think it makes a more effective leader because they can better understand their team better understand their mm -hmm. capabilities, and find ways to be more efficient. For example, you may have a team that normally is 10 to 15 people where things are broken out amongst a number of folks just based on the numbers you have. However, I've seen shifts where we have smaller, more efficient teams, and people are really focusing on their strengths. So someone that would normally be spread over three tasks is focusing on one task that they're extremely good at, 
and it's causing an actual increase in productivity. So I think learning from this, from a leadership perspective, both on our projects and in those businesses, I think will be really key. That's solid right there, Tanya. Um, just from the kind of a little bit of the work I've been doing lately, I've seen a shift in kind of just like the pipeline approach to some corporations. Um, understanding right now that always getting a new client isn't always the best or, or correct uh, process at the moment. Um, and a lot of firms right now are kind of focusing on customer loyalty, retaining those clients. Um, so it's not always just about the new clients and, and customers and new blood, but your existing customers will speak to your new customers for you. And it's been proven everywhere. So making sure that those customers are, are answered, those customers are serviced, um, and those customers are, are receiving the best quality that you can provide them during this crisis is an amazing, amazing marketing tool that uh, many firms are taking advantage of. Just like I mentioned with Publix, uh, they're, they're seeing what the community needs and they're impacting that community and helping them out in a huge way, uh, which will then be, allow them to receive some feedback um, and some market share that growth that they can grab themselves um, after this crisis has been completed. Um, here at Athenian, we pride ourselves on under-promising and over-delivering and as well as customer service. Uh, that helps build the brand, um, gain more business and opportunities into our pipeline, just from word of mouth from our customers, discussing the good work that our firm delivers. Yeah, I think those are all great points and good takeaways for the folks that are listening out there today for their businesses. Find ways to focus on your people, find ways to grow capabilities during this time you might not have been able to do, and show up for your people. Lead them through the struggles they're going through, and the walk of life that they may be going through. So to kind of finish up on this topic, we're going to bring on our managing partner, Bobby Dixon, to talk a little bit about leading through adversity and how to guide your business through to the other side. All right. Now we'll hear some quick hits from our managing partner, Bobby Dixon. How you doing today, Bobby? Alex, how are you today? I'm doing well. Sunny day in Houston. Uh, let's just jump right into the section. So our first question will be, uh, how does your leadership change from your regular day-to-day -day leadership uh, skills and techniques versus working through a crisis? Yes. Yeah, so you know, first of all, I, I think that's a great question. It's a question that you know many leaders of, of entities, various sizes are, are, are facing right now, right? And, and I would say in a crisis, uh, it is important to be three things, right? Uh, the first would be visible. The second would be audible. And the third would be credible, right? And then when you think about running a business in a steady state, uh, those things aren't necessarily all that important uh, if productivity and managerial systems and processes are in place, right? Business may just kind of run uh, systematically or based on culture, what have you. But in a crisis, People are looking for you to be visible. Right? Where is leadership? Right? Uh, are they in front? Uh, and do they have a, which would lead you to the audible piece, right? You know, having been seen, now being heard, what is it that you're communicating to your team? And how are you disseminating information? And is that information transparent, right? Which sort of leads to the third point, which is the genuineness and the authenticity of your messages and how credible is it? And so I think if you can focus on being those three things in a crisis, uh, as you emerge from the crisis, you know, from a leadership standpoint, 
you will emerge kind of with a great deal of respect, a great deal of trust, a great deal of buy-in, right, for the go-forward agenda. No, I think that makes perfect sense. And speaking of emerging from the crisis, there's a lot of businesses that are now going to go from zero productivity to full productivity here over the next couple of weeks. How would you advise a business that has been at a standstill for several weeks to ramp back up operations? Obviously, you can't go full board day one, rehire all the necessary folks. How would you scale that back up? You know, Tay, and that's an interesting question, right? Because you know, part of that is about demand forecasting. And so in any situation like this, you have what they call um, pent-up demand, right? And, and so trying to measure and quantify what, what pent-up demand is, uh, is a difficult thing to do, right? Depending on what industry you're in. If you're in a service industry, let's just say hospitality, bars and restaurants, you can almost guarantee that within reason, you know, most of that pent-up demand will show itself fairly quickly, Right. And so you need to be prepared, you know, from a food and beverages and staff standpoint to be to be ready to go as soon as local governments, you know, give the green light for people to go out. Uh, however, you know, if you're running a manufacturing uh, plant and, uh, you know, productivity has been halted, you know, now you have to kind of evaluate downstream market dynamics to understand and quantify what that pent up demand is. Right. Because you've got assets that have been stranded. And you've got asset utilization and return on assets and all these sort of leverage points, right, that you're running calculations on. Uh, and so, I mean, that is going to take a great deal of modeling, financial modeling, that is, a, a great deal of, of forecasting. And then, quite frankly, some guesswork, Tanyan. Um, I mean, this is a, a crisis the likes of which our economy has never seen before, right? And so to plan for something that's never been seen before means you you don't have data, right? You don't have precedents that suggest how you go about it. So all we can really do is rely on tools mm -hmm. uh, and then a bit of instinct, right? To try to think about how you uh, marry operating models and operating costs uh, to pent up demand and understand how you're going to be able to service that, right? And then there's a risk element involved with the cost of overserving versus the cost of underserving. So, in other words, that's a uh, an operating cost issue, right? You know, and do you want to risk being overstaffed, uh, which is going to have cost implications, or do you want to risk being understaffed, which is going to have demand fulfillment implications, right? And so, trying to quantify uh, to whatever degree possible, you know, where the greater risk is, and you just kind of got to make some decisions in in gray, which goes back to that question about leadership. Right. I think these are the times that leaders, be it political, be it industry, be it service level, whatever uh, level of leadership you're in, these are the times where our leadership is going to be measured. Right. Uh, and when we look back on history, we'll be able to say these leaders you know, made wise or unwise decisions you know, in these times. Yeah, I think those are excellent points. You know, for a business that's ramping back up, depending on the industry, it very much makes sense that the positions of risk will be different and understanding how to navigate that will be a function of leadership. So we really appreciate your time, Bobby. Thank you for the insight today. We think this is going to help a lot of people. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. 
everyone stay safe and, and hope it helps. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thanks. All right, sounds good. Now we're entering the cool down. Time for the big three. This week's topic is going to be what we're focusing on during the quarantine to grow ourselves and or our businesses. What's your first one, Tanya? So my first one on my list is training and certifications. I figure the better I can be with my skill set, the better I can be for my clients and my business. Awesome. My first one is self-care. Just generally maintaining a healthy lifestyle, eating right, some outdoor time, exercise, mental training, all of the above, just to make sure you're focused and ready to go. That's great. I had self-care as well, so I'm going to flip that one out for uh, meditation and quiet time. I think clearing your mind with so many distractions from the news and from whatever else it may be is really important during this time. Solid, solid work. My second one will be finding a mentor. Uh, someone that can uh, either be a peer or someone that has a lot more experience in the, in the world that you're trying to get into um, and just somebody that can take you under your wing. A mentorship is by far the best path of learning in my experience. I agree. That's a great one. Another thing that I have, the last one, is innovative marketing. I think from a business perspective, right now there's a lot going out there content-wise and it's been really fascinating to see businesses be innovative in the way they send information out and distribute their offerings. So I've been really paying attention to that and trying to learn from that for, for Athenian. Awesome. My last one for our big three is going to be set goals. Um, it's a way to measure your success. Um, it's kind of the only way you'll really know if you're moving in the right direction and when and where, and if you need to pivot along the route. Yeah, that sounds great. And I think continuing with, our trend of improving ourselves, improving our businesses. Uh, we want to continue with our segment of talking about what we're reading and listening to during the week to really help grow ourselves and grow productivity. So for me this week, I spent time watching and learning from Masterclass, which is a website and application with a bunch of professionals and, and well-known people from around the world teaching different subjects. So this week, I spent learning a lot from Aaron Franklin of Franklin's Barbecue in Austin on smoking nice. and grilling meats. I figure with the weather starting to get nice outside, it's a good way to spend time with your friends and family and be, you know, have a little bit of a distraction from, from all that's going on. Solid. Uh, this week for me, I'm uh, just got going through some note cards for my Lean Six Sigma certification test. Um, so hopefully taking that at the end of this week or this weekend. Um, also, I've been on YouTube University looking at some home improvement ideas, uh, maybe put some shelves in a closet. And what I'm most excited about is that Doubletree put out their cookie recipe. So I'm definitely going to try my hand at that this weekend. That is a great takeaway. And for those of you that don't know, our team hotel in college for rice was Doubletree. So we have had extensive experience with the cookies. Extensive. So I'm looking forward, to, <laughs> looking forward to see how that turns out, man. So thank you again for joining us today and for the time with Bobby Dixon, our managing partner, to discuss leadership. We hope the takeaways from the current market events that have happened over the last several weeks and the leadership examples that we pointed out bring value to you and your business. As always, take time to breathe and focus on your current situation. Adversity breeds ingenuity and wise counsel leads to sustainable results.